Welcome to another Humble and Bragg podcast. In this podcast, we're going to talk about the topic of research. Research, I think, is one of the topics in marketing that tends to get a bit neglected or forgotten, just as in any other channel. It's super, super important to YouTube. But the question is, how do you do it? And this is why my friend and colleague, Callum, is here to talk to us. I don't know why. Friend and colleague? <laughs> I don't know why I'm presenting this in like no, a formal good. way. Then. Yeah. Should we move to this style in the future? Just very yeah. formal, yeah. Yeah. Wait, what was what, were you, what was you? Why am I here? Cold but, question. Uh, no, the question <laughs> is how to do research for YouTube. I mentioned there are a lot of different angles that you can approach it from, mm. from competitor analysis to keyword analysis or keyword research to using all your other marketing channels. Like how how do you approach this topic of research and ultimately decide on the kind of YouTube video that you're going to produce? Absolutely, I think it's a very valid and very important topic. I think we've mentioned this in previous conversations on the channel and such, but. Yeah, definitely a very important part of pre-production and quite not complex, but there's a lot of moving parts. So maybe I'll just dive in. And if we look at what you mentioned there with competitor analysis, that's actually relatively easy enough. You go on YouTube and you search for your competitors and you kind of, I know I don't mean that in a sarcastic way, genuinely just do that. Mm -hmm. See what kind of content they're producing, see what's resonating with their audience. And when when I say resonate, what's getting the most amount of comments, what's getting the most amount of likes. You can see... I find viewership can be sometimes a bit of a vanity metric, but it's like a nice snapshot because you won't have access to the back end of your competitor's channel, but you can definitely see what views or what videos are driving views. So you can do that, take a note of the topics. And then the thing that I would say that you, the main takeaway from competitor research would be how can you do it, but better or more valuable or slightly longer or in a slightly nicer product produced manner. Mm-hmm. So I find something that's really useful is bringing these videos in, embedding them into a mirror board. And then in your wider team, ideally, maybe the whole marketing department, if possible, if they have if they have time, and just kind of pick apart the video, like what did the people enjoy about the video? What didn't they enjoy about it? What did they feel that we could offer or the company could offer that maybe elevates the viewer's experience? And also taking notes of things like the title and such and kind of refining that. How can you make it more intriguing for a viewer on YouTube? Because intrigue and curiosity, as well as excitement, is, is all kind of key when you're titling your your, your videos and doing that kind of research. So that would be number one. I think if you're undertaking competitor research, it's as simple as enough as, as looking at your competitors' channels on YouTube and, and analyzing that content a bit and breaking it down. There are tools like vidIQ that can let you see your competitors, what kind of keywords they're using and what kind of tags they're using for their videos. I don't think you need to go that deep initially, but just a kind of quick cursory glance. Also, I just want to add on there, what, what videos of your competitors are ranking for the search terms? So say you type in, how to do X or what is Y. If your competitors are ranking, that means those are videos that you probably want to pay attention to and emulate. And you want to try and ideally get ahead of them in terms of the the Mm -hmm. ranking. And you can do that by creating more engaging content that people watch for longer because YouTube really values session time and watch time. And that's how you would overtake them. Um, So that's number one, that's competitor. And I just flipped the mic there. Sorry, that would be number one, that's competitor analysis. Number two, I would say, is some keyword research. And if you work in marketing or you have even a basic level of marketing knowledge, you've probably heard of keyword research. Again, there's tools like vidIQ and TubeBuddy that can simplify and streamline this process. You can put in your product or your niche or the area that you're working in generally, and it'll give you a a kind of pre-loaded list of keywords that are similar. But undertaking keywords research on YouTube is as simple as typing in X term into, well, maybe not X term, but, you know, X, Y, or Z term into the YouTube search bar, maybe in an incognito window, and you will see the top search queries that are related to that keyword or keywords. 
come up in YouTube. And basically that is a list of recommendations that YouTube thinks people are searching for or knows that people are searching for. So you can take a note of all those and incorporate that into your title. Whether you want to feature a kind of long word, a long tail keyword, sorry, or a short tail keyword around that, it's up to you. But you'll definitely see what kind of videos are ranking for those keywords. If you just hit return and you'll see the search results come yeah. down. So that's one way, very simple, but yeah. And you can also then do things like putting a space or a, an ellipsis after the keyword term, and it'll give you these kind of wildcard terms. So just as simply as doing, doing that on YouTube, you get an idea of what people are searching for. Mm-hmm. And so that's like a really basic and free way that you can undertake keyword re- research or your team can undertake that. And then also, secondly, you can do this, the exact same, but on Google, obviously YouTube is a search engine. It's owned by Google. And Google, when you search for a keyword or topic, YouTube videos are quite prominent in the first page. It's got a video tab, but they can also appear as video schema in Mm -hmm. the first page of of rankings. So you can do the same there. You can also cross-reference that with what people are searching for on Google. Again, you can maybe use a a keyword tool like SEMrush or AREFs and do that. But I find just if you're starting off and you have maybe a limited budget or tool spend, you can do that just natively with the platforms. Mm That would be number two, keyword research on YouTube. So or using the platform, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The two, the two that you mentioned, kind of focus on, let's say, the Google ecosystem, the platform. Yes. In terms of using YouTube for competitor research, in terms of using YouTube for keyword research, and then Google as well. Um, is there anything where you can kind of turn your gaze inwardly, internally, and where you'd get inspiration from within your company for different yeah, topics? Yeah, definitely. I think the best place to look for for that, and this is maybe something I should have added on as well, is listening to your audience. Mm-hmm. I say that maybe assuming that you have a bit of an established uh, social media presence or blog or uh, video presence on YouTube. If you don't, that's also fine. But you can go back to your competitors and see what their audience are asking for. So what are the kind of topics that people are generating or in terms of conversation? What are people asking for? What do they want to learn? What do they mm-hmm. want to know? What did they like about the video? What didn't they like? How can you incorporate that? All these elements from your community can inform the content. And if you don't have an established uh, platform, maybe as you say, you're looking more internally, you can go to things like your sales team, for example. I think mm-hmm. that's a really good one. Assuming, again, that you have a some kind of sales sales team, either one person or maybe a team of 20, 30, whatever, depending on the, the size of the company. What are your leads asking? You know, What kind of questions are coming up in sales calls or query calls? Maybe you're doing live events. What are people asking in the, in the questions, in the comments? These are all things where you, if you keep a fairly regimented bank of questions, you can bring them in and that can inform your, your video content. And I think maybe the best strategy for that in terms of keyword research and also inward community generated research is marrying those two together. So what what kind of keywords do you want to target on YouTube and do you want to be successful for on the platform versus also what are your customer base and your sales team and your, you know, your event attendees asking for it. And if you can kind of marry up the keywords with these queries and questions, then I think you have a really successful organic strategy on on your hands. And then you just need to make the content. I think the point with the sales team is super interesting because I think in order to keep a sales team happy, ideally you're giving them leads and they're making sales. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's the kind of most important thing. Yes. But another way to make them happy, a little bit less happy, but still happy, <laughs> is to give them exactly that kind of content that asks these yeah. kind of frequently asked questions that the leads have. Yes. Because if you imagine that a lead says, okay, you know, explain this part of the product to me or this, this, this particular benefit. And the sales team, the sales rep says, okay, now I write my email, etc. But if they just have that bit of content waiting for them and they can shoot over a video that's, you know, well-produced, yeah, answers the question, then it obviously makes their life easier and it just elevates the quality of their answer as well. Absolutely. And it makes the recipient that much happier yeah, as well. I mean, I think this so is... So it's a real, like, can be a real competitive advantage. And then the other thing 
that I find with that kind of content is, yes, maybe it doesn't get the kind of breadth of viewership, but it has this kind of niche viewership of very high qualified viewers. Yes. Because if this potentially quite product or field specific question uh, isn't asked by every person in the world, mm. but those people that watch it um, are very, very qualified. And that, that exactly. often is the kind of content that companies miss because it's niche mm. um, and it gives you that competitive advantage. And, and this is true, just to pick up on something you mentioned there about, you know, uh, the kind of content your sales team requests from you. Mm. Uh, very true as well. And maybe something we don't touch on too much is uh, we should, but like B2B as well. So if you have like a features list or a spec list or a how-to guide to actually use your product or service uh, in a B2B environment, mm-hmm. making content almost like explainer tutorials of how to, how to use X or Y feature in your product or service, incredible. And like, then the, the sales team, for example, can just send that to the you know, to the, the potential leads. So yeah, there's a lot you can do. I think a good example of that are people like channels like Figma and Miro, those companies, um, not necessarily B2B, but they definitely do explainer videos explaining yeah. the new features as and when they're launched. And you can apply that to that template to anything you do. I think when you get to that stage of a company as well, where yes. I literally have an audience or like a, a user base that's using the product mm-hmm. every single day. Mm-hmm. And it's such a part of their lives that they literally need to to yeah. keep themselves in touch and educated with what's happening with the product. Yeah. I think that's yeah, super interesting. I think one of the other things I would add, like you mentioned, going to your sales team, mm. it's almost worth carrying out this exercise of going to every team and seeing the kind of content that they would request and also to see what's successful in their area. Exactly. So going to the product team and understanding where the pain points are for current users, for example, mm. and seeing whether you can contribute or relieve that a little bit from from your side, from the content production side. Yeah. But then also, I think, looking across to other social media channels, to TikTok, Instagram, see the kind of topics, if they're producing a lot of Reels content, short form mm-hmm. content, what might resonate there, and you could carry across to YouTube, even in long form. Yeah. And then, as we talked about in in, previous, in a previous podcast, I think the, there's a huge synergy, especially if you've got quite a search-focused strategy with organic search and any kind of blog content that's really resonated or gets a lot of traffic for example because if you have a blog post that gets a lot of traffic it's almost guaranteed to get a good amount of traffic assuming production values etc on youtube Mm -hmm. and even if it's not for whatever strange reason that's searched for on youtube but is on google then you're probably going to end up getting a lot of views through through google search yes and this is something Um, i was going to ask you about and it's maybe something we mentioned off camera in terms of doing that because you asked me about you know keyword research and such if you're looking to do competitor analysis, and this is a, maybe a feature that's mm-hmm. common in many SEO tools, but something you talked to me about recently with AREFs, for example, you can go in and see which articles or which web pages are getting the most traffic of your competitors, and it's all publicly, freely available information. And then you can see, okay, these are the top 10 articles on X, Y, or Z's company's blog, for example. And then you can use that to inform your competitor research. So... I know YouTube, there's definitely a, a, a backend that you wouldn't be able to access, but there are tools like AREFs where you can go in as a company and see. Can you maybe talk about a little bit about that and like how you would kind of approach that? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, just generally speaking, I think when you look at the kind of research that goes into competitive keyword analysis mm-hmm. for writing blog articles, YouTube is, is very, very similar. I mean, it's going to be operating with a similar algorithm and basically rewarding the same kind of behaviors. Yeah. But generally, just the interest and the skill set of the people using YouTube is arguably either not as developed or otherwise just more kind of diluted because they have so many other thoughts about, okay, video production, et cetera. Yeah. And so if you just assume, okay, this is what works for 
organic search for the blog, for example, then, okay, let's carry over that same kind of process. And when you look at organic search, then generally what you're looking at is the kind of volume behind the keyword mm. and then the kind of competition on the keyword. Yeah. So if you're writing an article about, I don't know, something that's searched for all the time, you, you want to write an article about Beyonce, very unlikely you're going to get on the first page because there's obviously a lot of content about exactly. right, deservedly we, so about Beyonce. We've tried. Yeah. yeah. Ten of our first podcasts. <laughs> yeah. And so the same thing with YouTube. If you've got all these videos about one topic, it's going to be difficult to compete against those until you're probably quite an established channel. Yeah. And so those are the two things that you want to weigh up. And basically what a tool like Atrus does is, 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 yeah, it shows you all of that. So it shows you the difficulty. It shows you the volume. And it enables you to make a kind of informed decision about the area that you should go for. And it will show you, yeah, all the competitor articles, which ones are ranking. And the other thing that you, it doesn't provide you directly, but you want to decide on the search intent. And this is a big thing in SEO. So if you type in a term, is it a long form article? Is it an interview? Is it a listicle? That kind of question, is it a forum article? Is it something from Quora? Is it something from Reddit? Which often comes up with kind of product reviews and things like that. Yeah. So it's a big, big question of the kind of content, or the kind of search intent. YouTube isn't so much in that, or hasn't developed so much in that direction. But I think if you were to consider that kind of thing and be like, okay, what's the kind of video that people really want? What's yes. the kind of question that should be answered? And what's the best way of presenting that? Is it, again, interview? Is it just a listicle? Is it someone describing kind of or doing product comparison? All those kinds of things. If you decide that from the company side, then you can probably get a foot in even against creators mm-hmm. and certainly against your company competitors. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, there's a lot you can learn if you can carry over those expertise from kind of SEO and keyword research mm-hmm. in that area to, to YouTube for sure. And in previous episodes, we've talked about the kind of the, the team or the role. I would expect someone in a kind of creative or content strategist role to be able to do that. Do it to a fairly decent extent, definitely yeah. with maybe in tandem with an SEO specialist or something. But I mean, there's definitely tools like that as well for YouTube, like vidIQ and TrueBuddy. I think vidIQ is definitely much better for research, keyword research, but it does give you that kind of high competition, low competition, you know, like you can kind of see the video topics that would be easier to to kind of rank for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd say the one other thing is once you've gone through that process, because there's always a a circular process, right? That you start off with the research Mm. and then you enter the the planning and the pre-production, production, production, et cetera. Then you always end this, this cycle with analytics yeah. Um, uh, which feeds back into the research for the next, so it's kind of this iterative cyclical process. Um, and I think when you start incorporating other channels, then it means that when you come out kind of the other side and you are then distributing the content that you've produced, often it means there's a, a lot of alignment with the other channels. So you can yeah. then, because you've used the blog as inspiration, you can take that video and embed it there, for example. Yeah. Or because you've used uh, TikTok and Instagram and what's succeeded there, you can use that as a distribution channel because now you have a long-form video that you can link out of stories on Instagram mm-hmm. for something that you know has already resonated with the audience on Instagram. And so it really gains momentum in that respect, which is very important at the kind of functional performance level, but also great actually at the brand level because it just ensures a high degree of consistency in the content you're producing across channels, not just within your silo, so to speak. And it is, I'm going to so, use that word, I'm going to use this, the S word. Synergy. I was going to say symbiosis. I, I, <laughs> I thought synergy was the cringe one, but symbiosis is pretty... Symbiosis, I would say, is more more cringe. But then you have the symbiosis, as you mentioned, and we've talked about extensively where you have content, supporting content, fueling further content impact as well, which is just... Sounds like a symbiotic, synergistic relationship to me. It's blue sky thinking. It's what every master wants. (laughs) I think this is... I'm going to slap the table. I'm going to slap the table, folks. This, I think, has been one of the most value-driven 
episodes. Value-driven, value-packed. Value-packed. We're just sharing it all. It's all sweating value here. Just trapped, trapped information that's coming out. Value, like this also, it's almost up there with synergy and symbiotic, right? Yeah. The value. We're giving you so much value right now. I like it. We need to think of a title for this one now. Um, Keyword, how to smash your competitors uh, on YouTube. Maybe, I don't know. Never sweated so much. Value will, value can't even talk anymore. It's time to finish. <laughs> it's time to finish, folks. Uh, I've got any more value in me. I hope you've enjoyed the episode. Do you want to, You can do the sign off. It was your kind of. You were leaking this. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Take a break. Speak slowly. Uh, yeah, we it got collect myself. I think in the, the previous episodes we were trying to tone the pace down, and now it's like it's we just got so excited with the value we were sharing. Thank you for watching. Give us a like, a comment, and a subscribe. And anything else that you want to give us for giving you so much value. And we will see you next time for more symbiosis, more synergy and more value and just as much cringe. Till then. Thank you.